Sliding night down at the Legion Ball. Bill opened up a box of old cigars. Sit on his day back at 69. I lost him be his friend mine. Connor said that's the place I've been, but it was 2010 Afghanistan. Raise his glass, said, here's the friends, and they're all to me to sacrifice. Yeah, the times and places, they may change, but one thing stays the same. The stories that they tell about going through hell, if you think they wouldn't do it all over again, well, you just don't. says next round for me I spent some time overseas tonight's my first night behind this bomb bill handed him a cigar well the faces and the pictures they may change but one thing stays the same the stories that they tell about Stories that they tell about going through hell. If you think they wouldn't do it all over again, well, you just don't know them. The memories that they are of the ones who didn't make it home. Yeah, they sure do miss them, but they keep them on living in the stories that they tell. What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of The Scuttlebutt Show. And as you can see, I'm joined today by two very special guests. You know Rob Sweetman, and then we have TJ with us today. And we are going to talk all about Rob, Exist Tribe, and we're going to premiere the documentary film 62 Romeo that they've been working on. Very excited for this. It's going to be a super fun episode. I just want to thank you guys all for being here today. And what you just heard was Scotty Hasting, if you remember him, Army veteran, wounded warrior, archery coach, and his brand new song. They can go stream right now. Just look up Scotty Hasting, the stories that they tell, and you can go find that. Rob, TJ, how are you guys doing? Great. 
Doing good. Uh, Max, I want to say congrats on uh, on four years of the show. Oh, thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yes, it's uh, it's the Scuttlebutt Show's four-year anniversary. I want to say what's up to everybody listening on the podcast, everybody in the chat, the regular crew is all here, and a bunch of new guests as well. Happy Veterans Day. Today is, uh, you know, being Veterans Day. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I know you're taking time out of your holiday as well to come be here with us and celebrate this great accomplishment that we're going to be sharing with you in the form of this film. And uh, and I just want to say this one little thing before we get started. Thank you to the veteran community and all the great guests and members of this channel who have made my dream of creating this show possible and into a real reality um, of us doing this here five days a week. I love doing this show. I love spending time with you. I hope you're getting something out of it. I get a lot out of it and I'm doing my best to provide the best content for you guys. So just a true thank you to the veterans out there and all my friends, especially to people who've given their time and energy back to me in the form of being guests on the show, being part of the program, engaging in the chat. I hope for all the vets out there and veteran family members and all that, I hope today is a very special day for you and the whole holiday weekend as well. Um, and then Rob, why don't, you uh, why don't you introduce us and introduce TJ and then TJ, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and who you are and, and what brought us all together today. Yeah, so I'm Robert Sweetman. Uh, Max and I have been friends for many years, did a deployment together in Iraq back in the day. Uh, and actually, I started this company like four years ago, about the same time that you started your radio show. I remember visiting you uh, in the hood uh, doing the, the audio only radio show. And that was awesome. And so we've had this four years to kind of think about like, how am I going to solve this sleep problem? So, you know, backing it up a little bit, I experienced extreme sleep deprivation in the military, any of the vets out there, you know what I'm talking about. And then I sort of transformed my, my challenge, my struggles with that, along with a, a major loss that I took into this initiative, this desire to sort of help out people with sleep. And you know, you go to the VA, they don't have any solutions. They throw pills at you. They talk about sleep hygiene. What is that? Um, so after, over the last four years, I've just been obsessed with solving the problem of sleep deprivation and sleep problems, specifically with the veteran community. And it's my passion. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, we've been through so many trials and tribulations, so many failures, and I just keep getting back up and charging at the problem, uh, not knowing for sure tomorrow if we're going to be able to make any progress. And then this summer, um, I was able to meet with TJ. Uh, I got lucky uh, through, you know, a mutual friend I was introduced. And what I pitched to TJ was this idea that I'm going to be, you know, corralling some veterans. We want to try this technology we've been working on for so long. We also have this uh, six-week program we kind of wrapped the whole thing in, uh, which we're very hopeful for, and we wanted to try it out. And so we wanted to try it. We call it the 62R uh, or uh, 62 Romeo, 62R. So this program, what we wanted to do was put these veterans through the program and measure their sleep with a, a very sensitive sleep measurement device, uh, something that you can't trick or cheat or anything. It's just randomly measuring all of your data. Uh, so we wanted to see if we could improve their sleep from start to finish. Can we improve their sleep? And some of these people have terrible sleep. Some of these people have had terrible sleep from a 30-year career where they just don't know where to turn for answers. And I got to tell you, pills aren't the answer. 
So I, I pitched TJ on this idea and, you know, he has way better things to do. He's a very uh, renowned director. I found out he was Emmy nominated. He's won three Webbies. He's done all this stuff. I'm watching his work and I'm blown away. How can I get this guy to come to our team and help us with this? And I just told him my story. I told him about Ryan Larkin, which we've talked about in previous shows. Uh, I, I kind of like conveyed some of the passion that I have for this and the rest is history. He decided to come on the team, and I'm so fortunate to have you with us, TJ. So I, I hope that's a good introduction. So it's a beautiful introduction, Rob. Thank, thank, thanks, man. I really appreciate the the kind words. Uh, you know, I, I think the the timing for this documentary that I'm super excited for everyone to to watch together. Um, the timing for it was so kind of perfect for me in terms of where I I was. Um, you know, prior to COVID. I'm sure everyone has their own story about how COVID sort of maybe steered their life in an unexpected direction. But prior to COVID, my main focus was in the narrative film space and, and specifically in comedy. So the idea of, of me being here, you know, maybe two years ago would, would seem so unlikely because it was, you know, scripted projects, actors, sets, building sets, uh, having, you know, nationally broadcast commercials and, and things like that. And, you know, the impact of COVID on, on my life was really kind of taking a step back the scope of my you know film career and really wanting to put my energy towards projects that really made a difference as opposed to you know I mean we all like to laugh comedy is is important in some ways but there's nothing like teaming up with someone like Rob who is extremely passionate in his team and then trying to find a way to tell that story in a way that's going to have a tangible benefit on people's lives and on their mental health. And the more that I spoke to Rob, the more I learned, Rob recommended books and I read almost all of them that I, that I, that I bought um, and conducted all these interviews, some of which you'll see, just kind of got a crash course in sleep science and a crash course in just some of the issues that the veteran community is facing. And then try to, try to find a way to express that in a way that people would connect with. And so to me, I, I found this extremely rewarding, more so than just about anything else I've done. And the funny thing about it is, as you'll see, everything that you're about to see was shot on an iPhone 12. And it was done completely remote, not on this one, I didn't use mine, uh, other ones. Um, and it was shot totally remotely, not unlike how we're talking here. Um, so it was a way to like use the most kind of cutting edge way to make a documentary and to apply like everything I learned on like, you know, big sets, big cameras, 40 person crew, $80,000 lenses, all that stuff that I've learned over the years. How can I make something even more meaningful with, with this? So that's, that's what was so exciting to me is, is getting to sort of have a, a new filmmaking experience and to learn about something that is so, so, so important. And to be talking here on Veterans Day. And I, I do wanna make sure that I say to, to both Max and Rob, thank you for your service. And to everyone uh, who's, who's here listening, thank you for everything that you've done. Um, the sacrifices that you've made, you know, as someone who's not a part of the veteran community, you, you sort of hear, you hear about things, you see things depicted on screen, but it's not until you actually really have a one-on-one -on -one you know, two hour chat, like I've had with everyone in the documentary, do you sort of 
start to get even a little fraction of an idea of what those experiences were like. And so I hope that I've been able to kind of get that across in, in some way, because uh, what everyone here has done is profound. Thank you for being a part of it. Uh, you know, you said a couple of things about talking to people and, re and reading books. I remember when you said about reading the books that Rob recommended. I have these, uh, it's, it's interesting as we get ready to premiere this documentary, Rob, maybe this is difficult for you. Uh, it, and it's certainly difficult for me, but sometimes what I'm about to say, it hits me like a truck. Um, and, and then TJ, maybe, uh, you can tell me if this moment ever happened to you because we came from NSW, you, you, what you're going to see in this documentary, the people featured in it, these are the people that books are written about these, when you hear about Navy SEALs, these are the people and special operations. These are the people that they're talking about are the people that we get lucky enough to find ourselves in the same room with or having a conversation with. And sometimes like I'm wearing the shirt today from the Honor Foundation. And I just want to give a big shout out to the Honor Foundation for creating a great program for transitioning veterans. And you look around and you go, how am I in this room? Look at these people that I'm having this conversation with. It's really incredible. TJ, did you ever have these moments where you're like, you know, you see, like you were saying, you see it on TV, you read it in books, and then you go, well, this is the guy right here. This is the person that they're talking about. Did you have a moment like that? It was, it was a constant uh, barrage of those moments uh, during the interviews, but especially setting the interviews up. Because as Rob will attest, the way that I've, and I've done prior to this project, maybe like 140 or 150 of these kinds of remote interviews where my technique is I will ship an iPhone 12 to the interview subject or two iPhone 12s at times with little tripods and, and lights and, and a microphone that looks like this. Um, and I'll ship it in a FedEx box that weighs like 14 pounds and the person will get the box, open it, and I will walk through like holding their hand how to set everything up to my uh, liking, you know, because there's certain ways I like things to be shot, you know. So working with like um, one of the people you'll see in the document uh, documentary, Jason Tushin, 27 year career, Navy SEAL, Master Chief. And we're talking over Zoom. He is setting up the equipment I sent him. And he has two cameras. He only has one tripod because I only had so many. So he had to improvise a tripod for his phone. And so I'm firsthand watching a 27 year career Navy SEAL Master Chief MacGyver things from around his room, take a box of knives, other individual knives, he's cutting up a cardboard box and he builds in a matter of like two minutes, a tripod to get one of the shots. And because we've talked before, I, I know what his, the, the overview of the, the scope of his experience to think, this guy with all he's experienced is building a tripod out of a cardboard box for me. How crazy <laughs> is that? I was just so thankful that everyone did it. But the reason they all did it was because they all respect what Rob's doing. So it's a testament to him, ultimately, that everyone everyone uh, stooped down to the lowest levels <laughs> of the, the chain of command to help out Rob. What do you think about that, Rob? I love it. I mean, I love it. You know, I, I think... I, I'm so bashful when people say that, you know, oh, they believe in me or, you know, but I think we have this common problem because we have, you know, within this documentary, we had people at, at more of a lower rank 
and then folks that were all the way at the highest ranks. And so, you know, these people had different experiences completely, but they're all military, but we're coming to the table with a similar problem. We have a common problem and that's sleep. And the, the secret that, you know, has really been difficult for the organizations like the VA to talk about, uh, and, and they do their best, but is that with sleep, when sleep gets worse, it impacts your mental health. And so we have this suicide problem that I've experienced firsthand on my friends, right? And everybody in the military knows the story, right? They lost somebody. And so how did we get there? And of course, there's PTSD, uh, PTS, there's um, you know, all, all types of stress, uh, traumatic brain injury. There's a number of different potential comorbidities that lead up to suicidality, right? But for me, the focus is on sleep and mental health. And, you know, if Dr. Mishra from uh, past um, interviews was here with us today, he would tell you that with his patients, it doesn't matter what medicine he prescribes uh, in his clinic. If the sleep doesn't get better, the mental health does not get better. But if the mental, if the sleep health does get better, almost all the time with a certain few exceptions, the mental health is going to get better. And so I kind of clung on to that idea and I, I thought, we have all these suicides, increasing rates of suicides, and it's terrible. And then we have all of this, this insomnia and this sleep deprivation. You can see some of the numbers of the VA, it's terrible. And if you ask, like you know, two years ago, we were doing uh, surveys with Navy SEALs, and I won't name any names, but the results were like 98% of them were sleep deprived after service. And so this, this doesn't end when you put up your uniform. And so what we see is this circadian scarring where this this behavioral pattern within our brain within our body just continues and continues and what's the solution right you get a printout from the va that says hey here's sleep hygiene and they're doing their best job but nobody understands that and so the next thing they turn to is sleeping pills and sleeping pills don't work there, there's a little bit about that that could work in certain situations on a short term but when you look at the studies the pharmaceutical companies skew these studies to make them look so amazing but you're getting the same effect from a placebo, right? And so what that means is the belief that the pill will help you sleep is more important than the chemical structure of the pill. And we don't even want to talk about the negative side effects of the pills, especially like barbiturates and stuff like that. And, and when you can't get pills, then people are turning to things like NyQuil or alcohol. We've all seen it, right? So what I wanted to do was create something that was natural, something that healed us from within. And it has been a long road, full of failures, full of just falling on my face. And so to get to this point with, you know, we got a team of like 15 people to get to this point with everyone's help to where we have this program, it's super easy. We can do everything virtually. We just ship out, you know, the rest node to somebody's house where we're combining, you know, this light and sound therapy with a little bit of behavioral modification for all the clinicians out there. We're kind of using the science behind cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. We have this incredibly powerful thing, but still I'm nervous. How is the study going to turn out? Am I going to fail again? We don't know. And, and the whole time TJ's filming me and I'm like, I, I, well, I mean, I hope this thing works out. And I'm watching the testimonials and I'm watching the responses and I'm seeing people say, this is changing my life. This is changing my relationships at home. I feel better, not just mentally, but physically across the board. I'm like, well, okay, I, I, I believe you, but let's look at the data. And then when I got the data, I was just absolutely blown away. And you guys will see that in the uh, documentary 
that we have something here. There's nothing else like this that I'm aware of in the world. Nobody else is doing this. They're not combining the most successful treatment, which is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia with a light and sound modality with this type of program. You know, people are trying, you know, the VA has a program where you have an app and you go on there and you do the CBTI and it's like, okay, great. This has the potential to change the face of sleep deprivation and potentially suicidality across the veteran community, period. And we just need to get in with the VA. We need to get in with these organizations and get this widespread because this is our chance to make a difference. We're here, finally. Uh, you know, I got to call you out on one thing, though, really quick. Okay. You can't be bashful wearing that shirt. You can't, <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, Rob's wearing a shirt covered in American flags, and it's amazing. Um, That's right. You're, you know, your passion in this in this journey has been undeniable, and it's and it's really great that we could come together on Veterans Day to premiere this film. It's a, it's a it's an emotional moment, you know. This is the four year anniversary of me doing the Scuttlebutt show. You were one, you were like the second person ever on my show in San Diego, uh, and I've seen you present to an audience with your sleep pod. I've seen you you know go through so many changes and evolutions and grow your team. And, and there were times where I didn't even understand what it was that you were doing. And I'm like, you have employees now. You have a team. Like, what's how does how does this all work? Um, and I just think it's important that people people know, you know, and you kind of just hit on it right there, talking about failures and falling flat on your face, that getting to where we are today and getting ready to see this, the, the film, um, it, it, it's, you've invested so much of yourself into this. Uh, you got out of the military, you, which is incredible, it's an, a mass, that's a massive move, just for starters, just to get out of the military a humongous decision to make. You got, you, you became, you educated yourself. You work tirelessly while taking care of your family. You have invested in yourself financially at incredible risk to yourself. Um, and you did all this because you're motivated by a righteous and good cause. And I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. I'm just so proud of you. Uh, it's, it's an honor to know you. And this whole thing has been, it, there are times where I've thought about you and I'm just like, I hope Rob's all right right now. You know, I hope things are going good. You know, this is just such a huge thing to start a business, to invent a product, to market, to, to design. So, I mean, every step of this modeling, CAD, drawings, everything, it, it's so massive. I, I, I wonder if people, when they watch our episodes together, even understand the scope of this whole thing. And I just, I want to make sure today that people really do understand how hard you've worked. And you know, you're the veteran that I want to honor today. Like, can you, what, what, what do you like? I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like people can grasp what it is that you've done here? Do you, or do you think it's like, it's, uh, it's not even understandable the scope of it. It's, it's hard to take in. And you know, the motivation comes from losing Ryan Larkin and then unpacking this whole thing and learn and you know talking with people and learning their experiences losing friends or people that you watch go down this road with this cycle of using alcohol to go to sleep because they're strung out throughout the day with anxiety or, or stress or whatever and then not getting the sleep that they need and then waking up with monsters and ripping on deployments and it's just a terrible cycle and then you watch this happen over years 
and they get to this point where they're not doing well. They're not doing well at all. And then the result could end up being something like they take their life or, you know, they, they, they're living a terrible uh, life with their family or they're losing their job or some people even go homeless. Um, so for me, there's a ton of passion to solve this. You know, I, I guess you can say I grew up as a man in the military and kind of proved myself. It's like, okay, I got rid of the ego, right? And so now here in this chapter of my life, all I want to do is give back. That's it. I just want to give back. And we have to keep the lights on. We have to make this a functioning business so that we can continue to grow and thrive. But with that said, we always want to keep that social impact bottom line. We always want to focus on, are we doing the right thing by the people that need us? Um, so, you know, here we are four years later, and it's just been, I mean, it's, it's been like buds uh, for four years. Um, you know, I say that lightly because buds is really difficult, but it's just been ton of failure and failure. We, we've let the science guide our hand. If we can say that, you know, this artistic hand of, of designing and building something that could work, using the science to build it, um, this thing is, is homegrown and fully custom designed by exactly what the academic literature is telling us. And so we built this thing, we built this program with all of that in mind, but still I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, we haven't proven it, we haven't tested it. And so I just, a part of me kind of still accepted failure, you know, that we're just gonna keep beating our heads against the wall. And then I, I feel like, you know, if you guys remember Back to the Future with uh, Doc, he's like, I finally made an invention that works. <laughs> That's exactly what happened because we did this whole six week program and I'm holding my breath for six weeks, you know, doing, going through the motions, all of the dry runs that we did, we're, we're delivering this. And then to see the data, to see the results afterwards be positive and quite frankly, groundbreaking. We need to do more studies. We need to refine the studies. We need to have control groups. We need to get IRB approval and all that stuff. But the data speaks for itself. This is objective and subjective data that are telling the same story, that there's a huge difference. I mean, this is life-changing. This could save lives. So I couldn't be happier at this point. I couldn't be happier. That's and, awesome. You know, that, that is something that might be just kind of useful to underline but, but before we all watch this, this documentary is that this is, this is essentially the story of the first time that people have really, this is like the, like the rubbers meeting the road for the first time for the rest node and for the six, two hours. So, so like, you know, Rob's been talking today about like this kind of four year journey that brought him to this point, but this is the, the four, this is four years worth of, okay, well, eventually we're going to get to the point where we're going to see if it works. So when I started working on this documentary and when you'll see the interviews with the subjects prior to the study, none of us know what the outcome is going to be. Rob doesn't know what the outcome is going to be. When you see Rob being interviewed in the piece, he does not know what the outcome will be of the study. So this is, this is, this is truly, as Rob, I think is saying, this is truly a, um, a moment of kind of having faith in, in, in yourself or having faith in general that all this work, all this research, the support of this community, is going to uh, lead to something. And so that, that's, that, I think that's why Rob is speaking about the data. So kind of think about that when you see the data presented in the film and you see the, 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 the people talking about their experiences with the rest node and the 6-2-R, this is a, you know, it's like, it's like, like making that kind of half court shot and being like, holy cow, I made the shot. TJ, exactly right. TJ, thank you. Uh, really quick, TJ. Um, 
did you have any idea? But and we're gonna here in just in a, just a couple minutes, we're gonna watch the film. TJ, what did you know about this insane veteran lifestyle before getting involved in this? What, did you have any? What was your prior experience working with vets? Yeah, that's any? a great question. Uh, really, really no. I'll just be honest. I really had no prior experience working with vets. I think my prior experience came from just, you know, watching movies, watching TV, you know, watching, you know, Band of Brothers or, you know, Full Metal Jacket or, you know, the, the sort of classic films. Um, but all, but always knowing that, like, these these things are fiction, you know, they they don't represent the real experience. And I think part of the reason that they don't is there are these moments of, um, I don't want to say the mundane, but it's kind of like the everyday the moments of the everyday, the moment, and it's kind of like the moments of like the tossing and turning in bed or the mo the moments of the sort of like between the major events that you'd never really see depicted on screen, the the fatigue or the frustration or the confusion or the, the and I think those are things that I haven't seen put on screen. And I, I sort of had a, a sense that I knew I was missing a humongous picture, humongous part of the picture. So like whenever I start a project where I don't know, anything firsthand, it's up to me just to, to to listen. So before I recorded anything with everybody who was in the, the film, I did like a two hour interview with everybody that wasn't recorded, where I just asked a bunch of questions and, and listened. And I asked everyone, what should I read? And so everyone recommended, like, so, like you know, Roy Love, for example, recommended that I read uh, like a memoir that he wrote about his entire career. And so, you know, that was beautiful because I got to read like, you know, 20 or 30 pages of his, you know, from from um, enlisting to, you know, kind of rising up the chain of command in, in the Navy to become a captain. I just try to become a sponge and try to learn and be really, really open and let people just speak to me. And that's how I'll try to get some sort of firm ground so I can ask smarter questions and be able to connect. But um like I said earlier, there's 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 really no there's no way that I could actually um, have have that experience. That's an experience I don't have, and so I come to every conversation very honestly. I don't have that experience, but I can listen and I can try to present it to other people who maybe haven't had that experience. And then that's how you kind of build an empathetic connection. I hope. I think that's gr a great way to do it. That sounds like a great way to do it. You know, listening. So someone in the chat has a, a username, Harry Lime. I want to give that yes. person a shout out because that is a great username. Yes, he's a great uh, supporter of the channel. That's a great reference. shout out. That's a great shout out to give. I wonder if that's this person's real name or if it's a reference to my one of my favorite films of all time. It probably is the latter, I think. Third um, man. <laughs> character. Um, so, Rob, we're, we're at that time. I think we're about, you know, at the point where we should probably show this thing. Um, would you like to, to introduce it? Would you like to say a few words before I prep, before I set it up? I can't think of anything. Um, I think the, the documentary speaks for itself. I just am blown away at what came out of it. Uh, not knowing TJ, not knowing how to do any film, um, really just not knowing anything about this world, uh, and just kind of doing my thing. And hopefully the camera doesn't delete the file or whatever. So 
looking at it, uh, just I, I'm seeing it, you know, just recently in the last 24, 48 hours. Um, I think it's really good. So I'll let the uh, the audience make their own decision and I'll be in the chat. So, OK, so we're going to watch the film. I'm going to set it up. It's going to take me about 30 seconds to do so. So bear with me while we go to our intermission screen here. And gentlemen, if you could please mute your mics. Uh, the next thing that you guys see on your screen for the audience is going to be the film. If you're listening on the podcast, this episode will remain on YouTube. You can always come find it. It is episode 266. And this is uh, is going to be amazing. So just bear with me for one moment and we'll be right back. Thanks for watching. sitting in Iraq I had the top bunk in this old mason building and I just remember every single night before I went to bed because we had mortars coming overhead from Isis I just thought a rocket was gonna come right through the mortar and hit directly on top of me I would toss and turn in bed and sometimes I wouldn't get to sleep on time and then I wouldn't get enough sleep and I'd feel like crap the next day and then it's like this is this is life in the military experienced extreme sleep deprivation in the military as you start to you know become sleep deprived your sense of sanity pulls away from you it's just frustrating and with Ryan after he passed I was depressed for a while and I thought to myself this is bullshit like we have to do something about this nobody cares about the average person in the military or their sleep I have to be the one I'm the one being called to action here At boot camp, that's when sleep deprivation started. Hell week is five and a half days on, on with only four hours sleep cumulative, and you perform. And I noticed the effects of not getting a full night's sleep pretty early on as we were doing uh, workouts at four o'clock in the morning. So in uh, 2005, I was deployed to Iraq as a uh, the senior enlisted advisor for an 80-person task unit. If I was lucky, I'd get to bed uh, mid-morning and then start it over all over again uh, three to four hours later. Uh, almost always six or seven days a week. Mentally, my fuse got really, really short. It was pretty easy to set me off. And so, uh, you know, broke more than a few phones uh, screaming at people. A lot of the mistakes that we made in the middle of the night were due to lack of rest. 
lack of proper rest. And there's a significant toll in their reaction times, in their ability to respond to events, and their recollection of events. There's a mindset that we've all kind of got instilled in us that, okay, I can do without sleep if I'm moving and focused on the task at hand. And I know I can power through it because I've made it through Hell Week. Yeah, I wasn't gonna tell the captain I was too tired to stand watch. I'm gonna, I was gonna throw water in my face, drink as much coffee as possible and stand the watch. Within the aviation community, so many mishaps are caused from fatigue. So when they do the causal factors for most mishaps, they always go back and find that the pilot or the crew chief or somebody in the chain was tired. I've seen guys with a you know 24 ounce monster in their hand and falling asleep at the same time at 7.30 in the morning. If you're not 100% focused on the task at hand, uh, there's a hundred ways you can die or, or, or somebody else is gonna die because of your negligence. And so you're, you're constantly locked in, but it's, it's very hard to uh, just give all that up. It, it's so ingrained in our DNA at this point. called circadian scarring. You come out of the military thinking that you can live on four hours of sleep because that's just what you do in the military. But science is showing us that that's not healthy. It can lead to all types of issues, both health, mental health, and physical health. At least four or five years after I got out, um, really terrible sleep patterns, almost to the point where my body would just, just fall asleep from exhaustion. Like for me personally, I find it really a challenge to fall asleep because you, you lay down in bed and then you start replaying all the things uh, that happened that day. For those of us on ships, you're off your shift, you go to bed, uh, and an alarm sounds. If you're a heavy sleeper and you don't hear that alarm, that could mean the difference between life and death. Do this for 30 years and uh, end result uh, when you retire, like I did, is that I wake up four or five times in the middle of the night, uh, tossing and turning, try to fall asleep, find a good position. It's really a challenge uh, for most people in our community to uh, clear your mind and focus on, on the sleep. I mean, I personally have been to the VA, you know, for a number of times, asking for uh, answers on why, why this is happening to me. You know, having them, you know, throw pills at you, um, and never once did anybody say, you know, how, how are you sleeping? six-week program, we're not only going to give them the rest node to help them establish those behavioral routines, by the end of the six weeks, we hope that they will all have better sleep and have lasting effects that last months and years after we are done with the program. You know, with this study, I really want to be able to have my, you know, all that mass in between my ears uh, kind of free and clear of 
thoughts or anything else and just be able to hit the pillow and and fall asleep it, it would be a great thing if i could sleep through the night you know those those habits are very strong um, when they're developed in, in uh, training environments like that and so you need something even stronger to kind of overwrite those and so that's that's definitely my my number one goal the potential that it has is to change the landscape of PTSD without the use of drugs. The 6-2-R starts off really easy, but I can tell you that there's some incredible individuals on this call. And the one thing that we all have in common is we're trying to get to better sleep. But then we very quickly get into behavioral modification. We get into how light, sound, and temperature impact your sleep. At nighttime, that melatonin production begins. We wanna keep all of the uh, blue lights, we keep work and emails out of the bedroom so that, that melatonin can begin producing and we have a natural sleep cycle. Light, we know, impacts our circadian rhythms in a huge way. And so what we're doing with the rest node is we provide an amber light that doesn't have that frequency. So if you're able to put away the phones and put up the electronic devices, you can now use the rest node to get that safe, biofriendly light before you go to bed. Now it gave me an hour of, uh, you know, no blue light with relaxing noise in the background. With the amber light, it's kind of smooth and gradual and it turns itself off. So you don't even notice when it actually goes full dark. Uh, in the room. You're already probably asleep by that time. That's what I found in the last few weeks. So it really facilitated uh, getting into the mood, if you will, for sleep. And then in the morning, you have a daytime light that slowly fades on, and you can have sounds like birds chirping or whatever you like to wake up to. I, I run a lot. Uh, some days I wake up and I just didn't want to run, and that hasn't been the case in the last few weeks. I wake up, I feel energized. I'm getting out of bed quicker. Um, I have a lot more time in the morning uh, to spend with family. I know that a piece of technology is not going to solve everybody's sleep problems. We have to have that human element. And that's the beautiful thing about 6-2-R is we're integrating the coaches and the guided meditation experts. I'm a former Air Force combat camera person. I served from 89 till 94. Let's be real, a lot of uh, eye roll happens when we talk to veterans about meditation and uh, yoga. We dip into what's called paradoxal sleep state during this practice. You go into the theta delta, the slow wave sleep, and they found that about 20 minutes of this practice is worth almost two hours of REM sleep. Meditation, even for a little bit every day, uh, can start to shrink the amygdala, which is our fear center, which is what is enlarged when we have a traumatic event. It just relaxes every single part of your body, um, something I've never felt before. You know, it's one thing to say, yeah, if you, you meditate or breathe, you know, 10, 15 minutes every day, it's gonna have all these great effects. Okay, cool, you know. But actually doing it, uh, particularly uh, before bed, and as I'm winding down for the day, man, it made a tremendous impact and it's, okay, cool, this is something I need to do. So we thought the best way to do sleep measurements is with a ballistic cardiogram, which is an extremely accurate sensor that goes under the bed and it passively measures your sleep. It can tell you if you have sleep apnea, it can tell you when you had awakenings, it can tell you what stage of sleep you're in. There was data points that we got to track uh, 
you know, throughout the lifespan of the, of the, the 6-2-R program. And that I found really insightful because I could take the tools that were given to me, try to incorporate them into my routine and see how that impacted uh, my sleep. I have improved significantly. I'm getting more REM sleep and more deep sleep than I was in the beginning of this program. And I'm waking up a little bit smoother now. You know, sitting in that room with that rest node, focused on breathing or stretching or just you know clearing my head for the day, yeah, it really made a huge impact because then when it was time for bed, I'd just walk over to the bedroom, lay down, and I'd be zonked out pretty quickly. So when I knew I got a good night's sleep, um, it was a feeling I hadn't felt in a long time. You could look throughout all of the data, REM, deep, and light sleep. They all seemed to be a little bit better. One of the biggest gains um, that I've noticed uh, from having restful sleep uh, is just not needing to reach for the caffeine as often, um, if ever now. I think that's, that's one of the big takeaways from this is I'm in control of the things that I do. I don't have to follow the same habits I had before. I can change my habits to be able to get better sleep. I think the rest node um, could have profound impact uh, for veterans' uh, mental health. You know, vets with PTSD or TBI or, you know, just, you know, a career of excess cortisol flowing through your veins. Arguably, you know, more so than any other demographic in, in this country, I think getting quality sleep uh, is absolutely should be forefront it's critical it's been a struggle for me you know ever since leaving the military um you know i've struggled with depression anxiety i wish i would have known you know how much sleep was playing a role um, i just really wish uh, somebody would have shared that with me um you know a long time ago so the rest node in the 6-2-R program are the first piece of a larger puzzle and that puzzle is this entire sleep deprivation epidemic. We hope to gather the data and show that to concerned organizations that can potentially get us funding or exposure and really expand this program to start serving more veterans. I really hope that uh, the VA um, and the Department of Defense, I really hope that they start to take a, a, a closer look at how sleep is affecting uh, veterans and troops and I think that Rob's, you know, rest node and the 6-2-R program uh, could be a very important piece. We want to make a huge impact on veteran health across the board. I can't save Ryan, but maybe I can save people like him. Okay, that was amazing. 
That was amazing. Congratulations, guys. That was amazing. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. And I, I appreciate the, the kind words I'm seeing in the chat. That's awesome. Rob, what did that mean to you to, to this moment? Well, you know, I, uh, I never like looking at myself on video, but um, thought it was awesome. I mean, I thought we communicated uh, what we were doing. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand how uh, TJ puts together all the spaghetti to make it work. Um, but it's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, TJ, I got to applaud you. Uh, and, I, and I hope that the audience, I, you know, has any idea. The talent and work that goes into that, everything, the graphical, the graphics animations, the 3D photo effect. Uh, you know, I have some experience in this, in this world of video editing. That stuff's incredibly complex to make it look so professional and flow so well and keep the attention up. And there was one thing that I found so striking. I had this grin on my face when it, when it was happening. Were the the um, the line graphs of time spent in deep sleep increasing over the six weeks and time to fall asleep decreasing over the six weeks? Wow, that tells a story right there. I mean, when you were saying Rob about holding your breath for the six weeks, I almost cried from seeing that for you. Cause I can only imagine it's mm -hmm. like waiting for your, I don't know how to make this relatable to people. It's like waiting for your ASVAB score results or something like that. And you're, and you know, your future is going to be determined by it and yes. you open up the envelope and it's good news. And that's just incredible. I'm so happy for you. This is amazing. This is amazing. It's so great. Thank you. This is so cool. Uh, and, yeah, TJ, excellent job. You're getting many kudos in the chat. It's and 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 is this video? Can people go find this and share this? When when can people go watch this for themselves and where? Yes, yes. So um, there is a a link that anyone can watch, anyone can share, and it's on Vimeo. And uh, Max, maybe you can advise on what the best. Should I just put it in, into the chat? Sure. Yeah, put it into the chat. So I'll I'll do that right now. But um. We would all uh, greatly appreciate if, if, if anyone was interested in, in this uh, or was moved by it in some way, if you could share it to, um, if you happen to know anyone who would, who would uh, maybe benefit from this technology or if you just kind of want to share it to your network at large. Um, I, you know, I, I can speak to this from my experience working with a whole bunch of startups over my, my career. This, this phase of kind of word of mouth and grassroots and sh just kind of sharing with people who you trust and who trust you, those are really the make or break things for, for startups in my experience, is that, is that phase of just kind of activating the people that are within arm's reach. And that's, that's what this, this uh, community is here, I feel. So we'd appreciate that. Awesome, yes, please, from me, uh, to go watch this video and share it and leave positive feedback if, if you deem it worthy, and I hope that you do, I certainly do myself, and I will be doing that. Um, Rob, maybe, uh, you know, there's a lot of people watching right now, to put it frankly, the most we've ever had by a lot. And uh, and I wanna thank everybody for being in the audience, but maybe, um, you know, we, we've talked about this many times. Uh, maybe uh, if you could talk to the audience really quick about Ryan Larkin and, that the story and and um and for anybody who tuned in since we started this episode or who's never uh maybe 
heard this from you before. Uh, if you could just share a little bit. It's Veterans Day in honor of those who've served, and we all know people who've struggled. We all know people who've been there or you know, have taken their own lives tragically and really is a tragedy. Um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did want to talk directly to the viewers that if they want to follow more of what we're doing, they can go to restnode.org. And if you want to reach out to me directly, it's rob at existtribe.com. Uh, even if it's, even if it's just you and you're feeling, um, like, like nobody loves you in the world, or maybe today's the last day, that kind of thing. I'm always here. Um, but for Ryan, um, I, I watched, he was uh, one of my older guys when I was a new guy and I arrived at SEAL Team 7. And so I watched him, you know, he's a medic, he's a sniper, which basically means he's a badass. Like those are the two most uh, legit, um, you know, skills you can have. There's a series of skills that you can go to the schools and stuff um, as a SEAL. And, you know, his, his dad, Frank, was a, a SEAL and he's just got this legacy. And uh, so he's my older guy and he's kind of bringing me up. And so I look up to him. Uh, but then what I saw and now that my eyes have kind of been opened up, I saw this happening with other folks, too, is this uh, series of, you know, deployments that can lead to, you know, potential stress, recurring stress, whether we want to call that PTS or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, all of us had blast exposure, uh, definitely some um, TBI, BTBI. And so what I saw was this, um, you know, sort of things started to spiral. And, you know, we're, I'm watching probably, you know, more alcohol consumption. You know, the Navy's given out the uh, Ambien pills like crazy. Uh, you know the deal when you're on the rotator flight on deployment. It's like a, you know, it's like Halloween. Um, so then, you know, using these sedatives to go to sleep is never good. Uh, and then using these stimulants in the morning to wake up after you've had terrible sleep is not good. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that at the time. That's just what you do, right? You slamming monsters, uh, <laughs> like Blake said in the documentary, slamming monsters at 730 in the morning, falling asleep, uh, because you just show up, you show up to mustard, you, you know, show up to whatever, you just do your job. Um, but things really started to spiral out of control. And I noticed that Ryan didn't have the support that he needed. Uh, and, you know, that's a bust on all of us, uh, all the way up the chain of command, we could have done a better job. And, and so the result of, you know, his journey ended up in suicide. And he was awake for five days leading up to that. I'm quite sure I wasn't there, but I'm quite sure that that led to this sort of psychosis, this sort of like going further down the rabbit hole of like insanity that would lead you to do something like this. And sleep is just so closely tied to that. And I believe that very strongly. I'm not saying that's the only contributing factor. You know, we'll never know the, uh, the we'll never be able to unpack that. Uh, you know, Frank's dad did a great job at sort of going down the path with TBI with Dr. Pearl and doing the, you know, the uh, fMRI and the diffuser imaging technology to sort of detect these, uh, the damage done by uh, blast exposure. But at the end of the day, my mission here is to focus, razor focus, tip of the spear on sleep. And I've been doing this for four years. Um, you know, I've basically gone broke doing this. You know, I'm like, at times begging for help to get to the next stage. Uh, and like I said before, just falling flat on my face over and over and over. So my hope is, you know, now that, you know, we're at this point where we have some data that we can share this uh, documentary on a wide scale 
and get the message out to the veterans that need it, number one. But then number two, I really, what I found like talking with Semper Fi Fund and the, the director of nursing over there and their entire nursing staff, they're so excited about what we're doing because when we talk about this, they're like, oh yeah, we deal with this every day. We deal with this all day. You know, veteran sleep is an issue in marriages, in, you know, everything across the board. And so when I talk to the caregiver, the, the clinician or the provider that's dealing with the person who is struggling with sleep every single day, those people know the problem and perhaps their hands are a bit tied because there's no tools. Well, now we have a tool. Now we have something that works. So, you know, I, I'm leaning on all these organizations to jump on board and help me get this thing out to the veterans that need it, as well as, um, you know, we're working with a couple of universities in the talks right now um, so that we can potentially do a larger study, uh, adding more controls, really refining it, adding that blind, potentially double blind in the future to where we can get down to the exact nuances of everything that we're doing and how those, those individual things impact sleep. But what we know is that it works. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. You don't see this kind of improvement um, ever. Um, so I'm just, I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. That's great. That's awesome. Um, and, and thank you for sharing that info about where people can find you. And just to reiterate that, it's restnode.org and rob at existtribe.com. If you guys want to reach out, TJ, where can people find out more about you? I'm sure people are going to want to know now. Well, yeah. So, so um, after you visit restnode.org and after, <laughs> after you, you message Rob at rob at existtribe.com, if you want to watch uh, some comedic work that will hopefully make you smile, you can go to tjmisney.com. But you can only go there after you visit restnode.org. You have to promise me that that's the first thing you'll do. All right. And then, this and then as a treat, you can watch some, some funny short films at tjmisney.com. The conditions have been set. TJ, we have to collab soon. We have to do a collaborative project soon, I think. Would love to. We, we definitely have to talk. I, I, I feel a bit ashamed that you are, you are uh, dominating the cinematography game on this chat. <laughs> no, much better lighting setup, much better camera, much better mic. So you're, 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 I can learn a lot. No, you're, I think your work, it speaks for itself without any question. Um, the... Uh, the, the one thing, just really quick, uh, shameless plug, I just want to let you guys know before we uh, start wrapping the show up that I am having a Veterans Day sale on scuttlebuttshow.com of all of our merch, 10% off until Monday. If you guys are interested and you're here because of our great guests today, I just would like to ask you to please hit the subscribe button, please hit the like button, and check out the links in the description. If you like military content, if you want to know what's happening in the military, please stick around and enjoy more of the Scuttlebutt Show. And like I said, all clothing, every piece of merchandise on scuttlebuttshow.com is 10% off until Monday. Go check it out. We have great stuff over there. And, and I would love to hear from you too. So you can reach out to me at the scuttlebuttshow.gmail.com, leave a comment on this video, and please like and share uh, as we try to grow the channel and get more exposure for great people like Rob and TJ and the veteran community and all of that. Um, this has been and emotional for, for me, I'm, I, I'm sure for you guys, I'm sure for the audience journey. At this point, people watching the Scuttlebutt show have been listening to you, Rob, for years. And we're all, we've all kind of been going through this together. And this is, this is great. This is really awesome. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. And I just want to say, you know, get ready to have your minds blown. If you look in the, over Rob's shoulder on the right side of your screen, what's that on the wall? Is that a rest node right there? 
right in front of your eyes this entire time. A rest node in action. It looks like art on the wall as well. Uh, so I just can't wait to get mine. Um, I'm really excited for that. And as the as the production continues, the production process, uh, and we can start getting rest nodes in our hands, that I can't wait. Um, this is just so cool. It must be a cool moment for you, Rob. I'd like to just give you the floor to say whatever you want to the audience out there about anything uh, on Veterans Day here. Yeah, well, we're going to production. So we're waiting on a couple of components that we can only get from China, supply chain issues, but we're building it. This is happening. Uh, I think we're going to launch an Indiegogo here pretty soon, uh, but you can go to you know the restnode.org and actually put in your order if you want to pre-order one. Uh, I'm getting some custom uh, housings made out of wood to see if it's if we can do hardwood and make it really just a designer artistic piece that goes in the house uh, because we know that you know things that I put in the house you know my wife might not like uh, so we want it to be aesthetically pleasing uh, because we've been focusing mostly on the function of the device which we know works now so yeah uh, people can go on there they can put in their email uh, and get updates on our uh, email newsletter but they can also pre-order it right now. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Um, TJ, I'd like to give you a moment too, if you, there's anything you'd like to say to the audience before we wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I just want to reiterate that it was an honor to work on this project. It was an honor to, to have these conversations. I mean, everyone that was on camera in that piece, uh, served. I think the, the, the combined number of years of service of everyone in that piece is like maybe 80 or so, maybe it's 90, something like that. And just to sort of think about that, for me to step back and think about that, it's staggering. Um, and some of the, some of the statistics that I, I I found and put in this piece are this it boggles the mind the scope of the the issue that Rob is trying to solve and that all of all all of us here are are, are aware of and in, 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 or maybe have experienced. So to for for me to be involved in this, it's been an honor, and I really appreciate everyone. Um, tuning in and for the kind words and, uh, you know, I guess final thought is um, if anyone is able to share the piece with their, with their networks, it really would make a big difference. This is a thing that I've observed in like film business, but also in the startup culture, momentum is the name of the game. People respond to momentum. People respond to numbers. So the idea of, you know, having this be seen and having people be talking about it, that really does make a difference when, I mean, Rob has a mailing list and a, and a sort of a hit list of all these people he's reaching out to to try to get action, try to get results. And when they see numbers, that means something to them. So, you know, I, it's a kind of a YouTube cliche to say, you know, uh, like and subscribe, don't forget to smash that like button, all those things that people say, but um, it does make a difference. Absolutely. So yes, please go do that. It would mean a lot to me and everybody. Uh, and, and I hope everybody understands the accomplishment that this is and how great those people that were featured on that video were. These are, these are, you know, great veterans, patriots, Americans, um, people who've given so much and now hopefully, you know, they're getting something back getting help with sleep. And this whole project will hopefully, like you said, Rob, it has the opportunity to, to save lives and change lives and make people happier. And that's at the end of the day, all we're all trying to be is happy, you know, whatever that means to us. That's that's all the best we can hope for. It's not riches or fame or anything. It's just happiness. And to be able to look in the mirror and feel like you lived a life of honor and integrity and, you know, and, and 
be happy with how things turned out. And if getting better sleep helps with that, which of course it does, um, then anything that anybody can do to make that more possible for people is an incredible um, mission to take on. So thank you. Happy Veterans Day. Thanks to everyone for spending Veterans Day this evening with us. Amazing. I'm so I'm just so thankful to be joined by this great audience today as well who came here to see this. Um, the Scuttlebutt Show is live at 1800 Pacific Standard Time, Sunday through Thursday. I'm coming at you live from Okinawa, Japan. So I'll be back Sunday with another great episode of the show. I look forward to seeing you all there. Rob, anything else before we go? Thanks, Max. Thank you. TJ, anything else before we go? Thank you, Max. Happy Veterans Day, everyone. Thank you for your service. Thank you, TJ. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there. With all that being said, wow, this has just been amazing. Thank you all. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, TJ. Thank you to the audience. And until next time, that's the scuttlebutt.